What's going on, everyone? This is Juan Gray, and welcome to the Words to Success show. I hope you guys enjoyed the first intro episode. Maybe a little intense, but I just had to get you guys focused, ready, and dialed in for what's to come. Today, I'm going to be speaking with my man, Stephen James. This guy is a serious serial internet entrepreneur. He has so many successful businesses, but he's best known for his project, Project Life Mastery, where he helps people all around the globe master all different areas of their lives. And that's the reason I decided to bring him on first, because on this show, I want to cover, I want to cover everything. You know what I mean? All-rounded, well-rounded, and he's a man to talk to. He covers everything from health, fitness, emotions, mindset, relationships, financial freedom, spirituality. All those stuff are covered by my man, Stephen James. We're going to be talking about how he got to where he is right now the different stuff that he does on a regular basis and what you can do to also uh, apply in your own life. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoy this. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, stoked. I know I'm going to enjoy this. So let's get it. Vamos. Once I discovered the world of self-development, I realized that I could change my life. I could be whoever I want to be. I can achieve and create whatever kind of life that I want. I'm always trying to interact with my followers and my customers to find out what are your problems, what are your challenges that I can help and serve you with, what are the needs and goals that you have, you know, what is my vision for my business and my career, you know, what would that look like, what would that feel like? The quality of your life is the quality of your emotions, that it doesn't matter what you have on the outside, what matters is the inside. The worst advice that I ever got was just to be yourself. Stephen James, welcome to the most badass show on the planet. How do you do? Doing fantastic, man. Thanks for having me. No, I'm super happy to have you, man. I, if you can give a little backstory about, you know, where you're coming from and what you do for people who don't know. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I, I changed my life over 15 years ago. Um, I was really shy, depressed, went through a lot of challenges back in high school, got into self-development when I was 17 years old, changed my life. Um, totally committed myself before then I was like addicted to video games and, and just trying to like escape my life because my life sucked at the time. But, um, once I discovered the world of self-development, I realized that I could change my life. I could be whoever I want to be. I can achieve and create whatever kind of life that I want. And so I went on an obsessive journey that I've still been on for the last 15 plus years of reading books and learning from and modeling the most successful people in the world and throughout history. Um, but also people that not just financially are in business, but in every aspect of life. You know, I look at someone who's successful, not just financially, but someone that has their health, someone that has a great relationship, someone that has, uh, you know, their, their mindset and emotions in order and they're happy, they're fulfilled in their life, uh, spiritual, you know, human beings as well. And so I've been uh, spending the last 15 plus years modeling those people and trying to figure out what are the patterns that I can learn from them that apply to my life. And uh, over the years, I've been able to change every aspect of my life, Um, everything from becoming a multimillionaire by the time I was 27 years old, to competing in fitness competitions, to attracting the woman of my dreams, to building Project Life Mastery, which is my business and brand, and reaching over a million people a month through my YouTube channel and podcast, to traveling all over the world. So for me now, my mission is to share what I've learned with other people, share my journey of life mastery, and inspire and help other people to be able to create whatever kind of life that they want for themselves. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And Project Life Mastery has been something that you started years ago, right? Did you have the vision of Project Life Mastery back then to what it, like, what it would be right now? Because you built almost a, a, a sort of empire for yourself in the personal development you know, field. Did you know back then where, what it was going to be? Did you have a good idea of it or... A little bit, you know, I started in 2012 and, um, you know, my vision for it was I, you know, I didn't, I didn't know, I kind of always believe that I would be able to make huge impacts in other people's lives. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I wanted to be able to help people in every aspect of life, but my business has kind of evolved in different ways because the funny thing is when you first build your business, you know, you have a certain business plan or idea of how you're going to build it, but then off. But then once you get an audience and you get customers and followers, you know, one of the keys of success is trying to further meet their needs. And so, you know, I'm always trying to interact with my followers and my customers to find out 
what are your problems? What are your challenges that I can help and serve you with? What are the needs and goals that you have? And so I've kind of found myself going in different directions at times too, based on what the biggest demand is um, and, and really trying to listen to those people. So, you know, it, it definitely, you know, it has in some ways exceeded my expectations, but in other ways, I think deep down inside, there was a part of me that just knew that this was my mission, my purpose. And I just, I've always had this belief. I think like, you know, getting into self-development so young, I was very naive and that was very good in a lot of ways because I was so open. I didn't have these like past limiting beliefs that a lot of people have that they built, you know, decades building these uh, limitations. And for me at 17 years old, when someone said a Tony Robbins or a Brian Tracy or a Wayne Dyer, or Jim Rohn, they you know, said that you can do this or you can do that or whatever it is, I believed it. And I was like, wow, really? And I just took that on fully and applied whatever they said to the best of my ability. So, um, yeah, I guess a little bit of both, I'd say. Mm -hmm. And you were mentioning that one of the, you know, the things that helped you with, with your success was listening to your audience, right? So what would be your advice on, let's just say someone has an audience, either they're you know, even a musician, they're uh, a producer, they're, they're just a, an, an influencer, right? What would be your, your advice on how to listen to them and how to ask them like what it is that they want to get to be able to create a product because sometimes especially in the internet space you can create a product that is that really like uh, fills what the needs of your audience is right yeah you know my favorite way is just to ask them um so oftentimes when i before i even create a product i think one of the biggest mistakes a lot of entrepreneurs make is they think that i have this great idea and therefore, everyone's going to want it, you know, because it's my idea and it's great and everyone could benefit from it. And they don't do enough research to find out, is this really what people want? Um, is it solving a specific problem? Is it helping to meet a certain need that they might have? And I never like to guess. I actually don't like to take any big risks in my life. Um, I always try to mitigate the risk as much as I possibly can. And I want to make sure any new product that I launch is going to be a winner. And the way that you can help mitigate that and to, and to anticipate the success of it is doing a lot of research in advance. So what I do, and if anyone can do this if they have an audience, is I reach out to them and I send them a survey. And usually I'll say to them, hey, hey guys, I'm creating a new product. Uh, I got a few ideas that I wanna share with you and I want your input. I wanna see how I can serve and help you the best that I possibly can. And so I'll ask them questions like, hey, what are your biggest challenges right now in your life? What are your biggest problems? What are your goals? What's holding you back? Um, you know, if I were to create a product about XYZ, um, what would you want it to include? You know, would you want it to be a video training product or audios or have PDFs? How much would you pay for it? You know, would you pay $100? Would you pay $50, $10, $1,000? Um, you know, how long do you want it to be? I'll ask all the detailed specifics of it. And they will tell me and they're giving me all that valuable information that I could then use to create a great product. And then when I go to market it or sell it, I have all these people that are going to line up to buy. And another thing that I love about this too is when you get your followers engaged in the process of you creating a product, they're more invested in it. You know, they're invested in the process of it. I actually created this one course called Affiliate Marketing Mastery. And I actually shared on my YouTube channel my journey of creating it. You know, I did a, a 99 designs contest for designing the logo for it. And I had all my fans and followers vote on which logo that they like best. And so I got them involved to participate in it. And then by the time, you know, I planted the seed. So there's anticipation. They're excited for it to be available. But once it became available, all those people then went and lined up to buy it. And uh, it was a huge success because of that. So I'm a big believer in trying to, to, uh, I guess, elicit and distill what people want and then give that to them. Um, another great way too, I mean, it's easier than ever before to, to engage with people, to see in comments, uh, to see on live videos or whatever it might be. There's many different ways you can do it just to get on a live video and ask people and actually engage and talk to your, your customers. Sometimes I even get on the phone and call and talk to my customers or I get on like a live chat with them as well. And I get a lot of information from them just to kind of get an idea of where they're at with their life, what's holding them back, the challenges they have, and how I can best meet their needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm curious, once you have gotten like the information and you have done the research, right, 
what are your next um, steps in creating the product to make sure that as you're creating it, you're not, you're still keeping on track on what you think is going to be a winner. Yeah. You know, well, it, it kind of depends on the type of product. Um, so like I'm involved in physical products as well as information products. Um, and also even doing affiliate marketing too, to help find for my audience products that could benefit them that I could refer them to and be an affiliate for and promote. But, um, you know, for me, I, I take all that information and I create an outline with it and, 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 uh, I like to usually have a deadline for myself because I find if I don't have a deadline, then it's just going to go on and on and on. And I actually find the benefit of planting that seed and letting people know keeps me accountable to now actually follow through to create it, right? Because once you declare and you share with people that you're going to create something, they're going to be asking you and bugging you, hey, when is it going to be out? You know, how's it coming along? And so it kind of forces you to make sure that you follow through with it. But, you know, for me, it's just having an outline. I like to break up a project into certain milestones um, and everything involved, all the steps mm -hmm. that I could to, to create it. Um, you know, if it's a physical product that involves reaching out to suppliers, manufacturers, getting the packaging, the logo, um, you know, setting up an Amazon listing, I'm launching it on Amazon. Um, and the same thing, you know, with, with a, a, a digital product as well is, is, you know, for me, it's recording things and having my team involved and leveraging other people to help in the creation of it. Mm -hmm. And so I've also identified, you know, for me in creating the stage that I'm at now, I'm trying to leverage as much as I possibly can. And I think that's an important thing that if you really want to scale a business, there's only so much you can do by yourself. And at a certain point, you're going to have to leverage the expertise, skills, and talents of others, whether it's them setting up the website for you, them setting up you know, all the technical aspects of it or editing the videos or whatever it is. I think that's what it can really allow you to propel it a lot faster. And then for me, it's mostly um, one thing that helps me a lot when I create a product is I always try to make sure I don't have a perfectionist mentality. In fact, I usually have a mentality that I learned from, I think it was Dan Sullivan, called the 80% approach. And so a lot of people are trying to hit 100% and I just try to hit 80%, okay? And I realize that every product that I create is not gonna be the best it's ever gonna be the first time. It's gonna be a process of improving it. And the only way you can really improve your product and the process of actually, of actually perfecting something is you put something out there and you sell it, you get feedback, right? Your customers, your followers, they tell you what you like, what they don't like. You ask them, you see what kind of results, and then you constantly improve it and you make it better and better. Because I found before, if I'm waiting for like everything to be perfect before I launch it, yeah. then I'm never going to launch it, right? So I'd like to just kind of get it out there, kind of be like a beta mode. And I usually give it at a cheaper price to people as well at first, mm -hmm. uh, especially because it's like a, a new product, initial promotion for it. And then I'm improving it as I go. And I, you know, if you look at you know, Apple with the iPhone or whatever products out there, they're always improving it and making it better and better. And I think that's the, the winning strategy long-term. Yeah. There's always, there's, there's a new one, right? A new one coming up. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and when you were saying about keeping people engaged and kind of committing to just, and getting excited of the whole process, I think there's something you take to another level because um, I know you also share your monthly reports, right? Like, monthly. So what has your experience been on sharing that you as, as a entrepreneur and also kind of the accountability factor of having everyone see how, how you're doing from, and you do it with all areas of your life, right? Which is really interesting. Yeah. I started this back in 2012. Uh, I first publicly declared my goals and I realized that, you know, before then I, I, I was okay with, with setting and achieving goals, but there was something missing for me and I realized the power of accountability that if I publicly shared my goals and my friends and family and everyone else knew, then I'm more accountable. I'm more likely to actually follow through because for a lot of people, if you just set a goal, you make a commitment and it's just to yourself. If you break that commitment, then there's no consequence. The only consequence is you're letting yourself down, which unfortunately a lot of people are willing to tolerate. They'll let themselves down, but no one else knows about it. But when you make a commitment to other people, you're more likely to keep that commitment because you care what they think of you out of, you know, respect or uh, congruency or whatever it might be. So I started that in 2012. I actually found that because of I was doing that, I was able to achieve 80 to 90% of my goals. 
And uh, I kept doing it and I was transparent about my journey and people have seen the, the changes and transformations over the years, which I think has, has helped a lot to show people what's possible and where I was before to where I am today. Uh, but I also do my monthly goals reports because I think setting goals is great, but as you probably know, most people that set goals, they forget about them like a month later, you know, like the new year's resolutions, they don't do anything with it. So I believe you've got to make sure you regularly check in on your goals on a weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly basis. Uh, so that's really what my process is. And I, I just happen to film it in front of the camera and share it with my audience so that they can get a glimpse of what I'm focused on in my life, the challenges and failures and successes that I'm experiencing. So for me, it helps with my accountability in a huge way. Uh, it helps me just to be on track with that. And then it, it just also helps to inspire other people and show them how powerful goal setting is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I know one thing that you're huge on and that you've helped you know, thousands of people is with their, like, uh, the morning routine, right? A morning ritual, including myself. So I, I'm curious if you could go back 10 years and instill three habits to your morning ritual that maybe you didn't have back then that can, could have helped you even more. What are those three habits that you would have instilled 10 years ago? Oh man, that's a good one. Well, one that I'm doing and I've been doing it uh, the last few years, that's really made a huge difference in my life. Um, so what, it's kind of like a, a really a deep modeling process of other people of excellence. So for example, anyone that's successful at anything, they're not lucky. There's certain patterns that they have, habits, behaviors, actions, mindset, beliefs, that if you model those from other, other people and you integrate that to yourself, you can get a similar result as them because we all have the same neurology and nervous system. So one thing that I do is I pick certain individuals that I want to model. Okay. So for example, right now I'm actually involved modeling Nelson Mandela, who's an incredible historical figure was locked up 27 years of his life and came out of that experience with no anger, resentment, and was able to lead a country. And he has an amazing mindset. And so what I do as part of my ritual now and what I would do back then is I spend time, uh, basically modeling, for example, in his case, his beliefs. And so I write them down and I actually put them on these flashcards. And then uh, once I've kind of broken down and taken what their core beliefs are that I want to add to my life, then I turn them into like affirmations where every single morning I speak them out loud. So these are like inspiring quotes, beliefs, and I speak them with intensity, emotion, uh, and I do that consistently so that those beliefs, I can adopt those to myself and to my psyche and benefit from them, uh, from them as well. So for me, that's, that's a big thing that uh, I, I would do. Um, uh, also, yeah, sorry. No, no, I was just saying nice. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So then also, um, I, I look at a ritual as like something you do for each area of uh, your body, mind, and spirit. Okay. I think those three areas, at least one thing each morning. Uh, so for example, the modeling aspect or the, that'd be more for the mind for the body. Um, I think there's a few things that I would do. Uh, intermittent fasting is something that I've been doing over the last few years. Great benefits from that in terms of my energy focus, uh, you know, physical benefits as well in terms of your, your physique. Um, but also, um, uh, meditation has been big for me right now too. I've been uh, using this technology called the Muse, which is like this headband you wear around your head. It syncs with an app and it basically measures your brain signals mm -hmm. and it makes meditation fun and enjoyable because I used to struggle with meditation a lot and I didn't really see the benefit and the value in it. But now that I've been consistent with it, I'm actually doing a 30 day morning ritual challenge right now. Um, you know, using this app and you, you, it measures your brain waves so that you're able to see when your brain is active and when it's calm. And the interesting thing is you're listening to, um, uh, you can pick the environment you're in on the app. So you can pick if you want to be like in a desert or a rainforest or whatever it might be. And as you're listening, um, the, the more active your, your mind gets, it actually becomes more intense. So for example, like there'll be like wind and everything. And then what, the, what it does, the app does, is it brings down the waves or the wind to calm your mind into a calm state. So it's really cool because it kind of helps to assist you in calming your mind and getting more benefit from meditation. So 
yeah, I'd say those three things uh, had been, uh, I'd probably implement. There's probably way more things too that I'm mm-hmm. not thinking about. Yeah, yeah. And what is your intermittent fasting like? Are you doing like a 16, 16 hours on and then eight hour window or? So yeah, I do 14 to 16 hours. Uh, so yeah, whatever my last meal was the night before, I'll usually wait 14 to 16 hours. Um, yeah. And you know, sometimes it's a little bit different cause, uh, sometimes I do like, uh, cardio in the morning on empty stomach. So sometimes that can affect, or if I have like more of a, a workload or I might sometimes work out a little bit earlier cause I usually, you know, I work out on an empty stomach and then I'll have like my, that's when I have my first meals right after my workout. But mm-hmm. Yeah, usually it's 14 to 16 hours. Right. Sweet. I was actually watching uh, one of your videos where you, where you do like a tour of the penthouse. And one thing that I like, you have a, a place, you have a board where it says your ultimate, uh, your ultimate purpose, right? And your ultimate vision. So I was interested, like, how do, can people create that for themselves? What is it that you have on there? That's something that they can look at, look at daily, you know, and remind themselves of where they're going and why they're here, you know? Yeah. I think at first it starts with knowing what you want out of your life and creating a vision. I think we all need a compelling future, something that we look forward to, Mm -hmm. um, something 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years out. And I think the the best way to start with that, you know, one thing I like to do is I like to journal and I'll go in nature or I'll put on music. I'll be in an inspiring environment without any distractions. And I'll spend a few hours just asking myself deep questions. I'll ask myself, what do I want for my life? You know, what is my ultimate vision? If I could have it be anywhere that I want, any, any way that I want it, what would that be? And I go down and I break down each area of my life. So I think about, you know, what is my vision for my business and my career? You know, what would that look like? What would that feel like? And I'll write down, you know, this Project Life Mastery, I want it to be here. I want to impact millions of people's lives. I want to create products and services in each aspect uh, of people's lives so that I can inspire them and help them. Um, I want to be able to have this many followers or whatever it might be. I'll break down the vision for my finances of where I want to be 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now, my relationships, health, body, everything. And I try to make it as detailed as possible. And then just that process alone, it gives you this great direction for your life that you know that everything that I'm doing is moving me either away from or towards this vision. And the next piece of that is the, the purpose. Like, why do you want this? You know, what is this all for? Like, why do you want to make millions of dollars? Why do you want to have a great body? Why do you want to have this amazing relationship? Why do you want to, you know, uh, travel the world or do this or that? And getting very clear on that. And so that's the next piece of, of the purpose element. And for me, I think of and write down as many reasons as I possibly can, because the more reasons you have, it's like the more fuel for the fire, you know? so. The reasons could be so that I can actualize my potential as a human being, so that I can have the total freedom to travel the world or do what I want, when I want, wherever I want, so that I can attract and be with my perfect soulmate and we can explore each other deeper and have passion and intimacy so that I can make a difference and contribute and build schools or houses in different parts mm-hmm. of the world. Like everybody has different reasons. There's no right or wrong answer. It's what do you want for your life and getting that clarity on that. And then once I have it, the example that you're using is I printed it out and I framed it and I had it in my office uh, so that I can read it and reflect on it whenever I need it, whenever, uh, whenever I needed to. So times where I'm like losing motivation or whatever it is, I can always refer to that and look, okay, this is my vision. This is my purpose. Mm-hmm. And then by reading it, it gets me inspired and, and fired up. And I've always evolved it over the years to improve the language, to make it more inspirational to me. Um, but yeah, that's one thing that's always been constant is I'm always moving towards that. And everything that I do has an empowering purpose behind it. You right. know, everything from working out at the gym to reading the books to meeting certain people, everything is serving me to help me fulfill what my ultimate vision is. And it also helps you, you know, what you say yes to and what you say no to, right? You ask yourself because you're making decisions every single day and you only have so much time. So you ask yourself, is this getting me closer? And you look up, is it getting me closer to, you know, my ultimate vision and everything like that? Yeah. So anytime like there's opportunities that come up, I'll evaluate it based on what my vision is. So if it's not alignment with it, then I'll say no. You know, if it is alignment, if it can help me get to where I want to go a lot faster or better, 
then awesome. Mm -hmm. And you were mentioning modeling. So that's one of you know, the, the habits that you would take on earlier. If someone was to model Stephen James right now and imagine you have to take someone under your wing and try to help them get, they've been working a business for, for years, but they don't have the results that they yet want. What are the things, the main things that you would uh, teach them or get them to do if you tried to get them to, you know, to get a 10th of your results right now in the next six months? Yeah. Well, when I look at modeling someone, I use a model for it. Um, the model originally came from Gregory Bateson, who was an anthropologist and kind of like the creator of a lot of systems theory. And he created a model called the logical levels of change, uh, six levels. And it was actually taken from a guy named Robert Diltz, who is like a developer of NLP, which is neuro linguistic programming. Yeah. And he used it to make it more practical so people could benefit from it. And so the levels are first your environment, okay, which is like the bottom of the pyramid, uh, modeling environment, the surroundings of where you are, your, um, uh, your behaviors and actions, okay, the capabilities, the beliefs, values, your identity, which is like the operating system. It's, it's who you are. It's a series of beliefs about who you are, whereas the beliefs itself is more like the apps or the software on the operating system. And then the last piece is a spiritual component, which kind of usually overlaps everything else. And so usually modeling someone, it's like you got to look at, okay, which, which elements of those would you want to model? Like, for example, I believe that the mindset, the beliefs and values, the identity is more powerful than, every, than the behaviors because it's the beliefs that determine what actions that someone's going to take. And if you model the beliefs right. and the mindset, then oftentimes you're going to take similar actions or you might even find better actions that you could take as well. So mm -hmm. if modeling anyone, including myself, it's like looking at, okay, what's the environment that, you know, if I want similar results as this person, what's the environment, how I work, how I live, um, the environment of that, the actions, behaviors I take on a daily basis. I think those are the rituals uh, that I have in my life, the morning rituals and the rituals that I have all throughout the day, certain habits that I have that uh, serve me, um, you know, in my life to this point, not just like, you know, and, and especially like a lot of people, I think when they want to build a business, they look at the actions and the behaviors and that's great. You've got to know what those are. Like if you want to build an Amazon business or if you want to build a project like mastery or blog or YouTube channel, I can give you the strategies that have helped me get to where I'm at today. But again, you have to also model the beliefs, the identity, because that's really what makes it work the most. So yeah, I mean, I, I look at all of those different elements to model, um, from myself, but yeah, there's certain beliefs that I have that serve me. And I try to share those with people that uh, empower me on a daily basis and actions, behaviors, spiritual practices, all of that. And I think it's easier today to model someone than ever before because they're putting themselves out there, you know, like there's so much content and, and, uh, interviews and things of that nature where you can, if you want to, get a similar result to someone is easier than ever before to get access to those people in, you know, for free online. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Right. You know, last time I saw you was at, in San Diego at the trafficking conversions and you were, you were there with, uh, back then was your girlfriend. I know now you recently got engaged. So congratulations on that. Yeah. Thank you. I've been, uh, I think the last four, four or five times now I'm going again this year, I usually bring in my team, uh, with me and uh, this time I'm doing something a little bit different. So usually I go to these events and You know be a participant and take notes and it's great to do that But this time around I've actually booked a hotel suite like a really expensive hotel suite and I'm flying in my videographer and we're film we're interviewing like all the speakers and um, and also like a lot of top online marketers and entrepreneurs there as well so yeah, it's a great environment to be in and especially like you know, traffic and conversion summits, like all the top people in the industry, they usually go to that event. So yeah, it's, I'm a big fan of like immersing yourself in those inspiring environments. Mm -hmm. And what advice can you give someone either, you know, a woman, a man that are looking for someone who they're able to connect to as an entrepreneur, as an artist that has the same kind of beliefs as them? How would you, you know, go about finding your, your ideal partner. Yeah. So you're asking more for like intimate relationship and soulmate. Type of yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I look at it as 
I kind of have like a four step process for this. I think first and foremost, it starts with knowing what you want. So getting clear exactly the type of man or woman that you want to attract in your life mm-hmm. and be as specific as possible. Like, you know, for me to, when I tr- attracted Tatiana, my fiance, um, I had written out in journals exactly, you know, what my ideal woman would look like, you know, what uh, her, her mindset would be like and her characteristics and her hobbies and interests and values, um, what the relationship would be like. And I think by doing that, you get this incredible clarity on what you want. Because a lot of people, if you don't know what you want, then how are you going to even know if it passes you by, right? You got to first know what you want and get clear on that. And then usually once I have this list and it's pretty detailed, I identify, okay, what are the absolute musts? Like what's the most important things on this list? Um, Because oftentimes I think people get into relationships reactively. You know, they usually get triggered by someone that they're attracted to and attractions, an emotional process. It's not logical, right? So a lot of people that get into a relationship based on attraction, but not in alignment with values and, and beliefs and goals and a vision. And when you don't have that alignment and you're misaligned with someone, then it's not going to last, right? You're, you know, if, for example, if you'd identify, okay, I've got this list, this is what I want. But the most important things here is I need someone that's honest. I need someone that, uh, you know, is, is a generous person or I need someone that's a great communicator or a must for me is that, you know, I'm a spiritual person. So they also have to share similar spiritual beliefs or a must is they got to want to have kids because I want to have kids as well. Or a must is they have to be into self-development or health and fitness. Whatever those musts are, I think are, are really important because I see a lot of relationships that are with someone but they're not aligned. It's like, you know, one person, you know, wants to have kids and the other doesn't. Well, mm-hmm. that's going to cause conflict, right? One person's like into self-development and improving themselves. And the other person, uh, you know, has a closed mind and thinks all that sort of stuff is silly. Like it's not going to work, yeah. right? Hold you back. You're going to have resentment towards them for it. So getting clear on what you want, like the, uh, the most important things that are a must are non-negotiable. Uh, some of the other things in the list, that's fine. They might not be as important, but as long as you know the most important things, The next thing is figuring out who you have to become to attract that person. I believe that you attract what you are. You know, if you're, you know, a miserable, miserable person and you hate your life and you're negative all the time, you're not going to attract someone who's positive and happy and optimistic, right? It's just not going to work. It's not going to be attracted to you. Um, If you're negative and angry and pissed off all the time, you're probably going to attract someone who's the reciprocal of that. Right. And if you're someone who's happy, fulfilled, love and life, you're going to attract someone that's also the same as that as well. So you've got to work on yourself. And what I like to do, again, going back to the modeling is figure out who are people out there that have the type of woman that I want to attract in my life, the quality of woman that for me is someone that I'd want to be with. And I figure out, I find those women and I figure out who are they dating? Who are they in relationships with? What are the characteristics that they have? What are the habits, the behaviors, everything that I possibly can? Do they work out at the gym? You know, are they on purpose in their life? Are they entrepreneurs? Are they whatever? And I can figure out and, and uh, apply that so that I can become more so that I naturally attract mm-hmm. that I want to attract. So I like to use a modeling process. I like to work massively on myself so that I can become the kind of person that would uh, attract the woman that I want. And then I think the next, next piece is obviously you've got to have a plan that you're taking to, to create that, but also you have to put yourself in proximity and put yourself in the environments to attract that kind of person. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I figured out I want a woman who's like spiritual and, and into self-development and has these great habits and wakes up early, all these sort of things. And yet I'm going to nightclubs and bars till three <laughs> o'clock in the morning trying to find her, right? Well, she's not <laughs> it's not there. (laughs) Why am I meeting these girls that, you know, that, that don't lead and aren't spiritual. They're not into like bettering themselves. They're just drinking and partying all night. And so like, there was just the environment that I was in was not good. It was not getting me what I really wanted for a relationship. So, you know, figuring out where would this person be? Where would they hang out? Where would they spend their time and put yourself in those environments? So maybe it's going to seminars and events. Maybe it's, you know, putting on your own events or meetups, or maybe it's going to the gyms or yoga classes or dance classes or whatever it might be, but putting yourself in those environments consistently, consistently, I think are key. And then also, you know, learning the skills, how to, how to actually meet and interact and attract 
people because at any moment that man or woman could be right there. You know, they could be at the next time you go to the grocery store or at a coffee shop or maybe at a restaurant or a bar or club or the bookstore and having the ability to be able to actually pursue that person and interact with them um, and be able to actually attract them and bring them into your life, I think is a very important skill because I think a lot of people, they have all, we've all seen a man or woman that you wanted to meet, but you didn't do anything. And for me, that feeling of regret of missing out, that feeling, that pain has to be far greater than the pain of potentially getting rejected by that person, right? Because if you go up to them and it doesn't work out or they're busy or they're not interested, at least you can look yourself in the mirror each day and be proud of yourself and happy that you actually know for a fact that you went up and you pursued it and you tried. But if you don't do it, then you're going to always have the disappointment in yourself that potentially that could have been the man or woman, but you missed out. You know, you didn't seize that moment opportunity. So um, I think those skills, I think, are very important as well to, to learn how to actually interact with the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when there's a situation like that where, like you said, like maybe there's, there's a girl you're waiting for the bus or whatever, right? There's that, that, uh, that little, those, those little seconds where you have that opportunity to do that. And most people, they shy away from it. And there's always like, what I always tell myself is like, okay, what's the best thing that can happen in the situation? What's the worst thing? What's most likely to happen, right? So if you kind of, you were talking about like mitigating your risks. So like the worst thing that can happen is that she's going to look at me. She's going to be like, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not interested. Like, and she just walks away or whatever, right? Um, she's not going to, she's not going to slap you in the face. And even that, that's like the worst that, that's going to happen. What's the best thing that can happen if you kind of go and create a little movie for yourself? Imagine that is the, the girl of your dreams, right? She, she ends up saying, oh yeah, like uh, here, she, she gives you a number that same night you guys end up going on a date. She becomes like your wife of your kids. Like you don't, you don't know, right? So it's like, and then what's most likely to happen? Most likely to happen is she, you know, you, you maybe get her number or she may be like, yeah, let's, let's connect, whatever it is. So you'll have a nice conversation. At the end of the day, most people don't, don't ask themselves those kind of questions. And if they do, I think that, you know, they can, they, they won't be as fearful as the, as you are automatically, right? Nothing bad ever happens either. Like, yeah. you know, I've been doing this for years and years and years because I was a dating coach and I coached, you know, a bunch of men. We'd go out and approach women, crazy environments, every, every environment you can think of. Nothing bad ever happens, right? That's just all your mind creating, you know, anticipating pain or creating the worst case. But yeah, the worst that happens is that, you know, they're busy, they're not that interested, they have a boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever it might be. And that's not, it doesn't really matter. Like the way I look at that is that even, you know, if you go up and you approach the person, whether they are interested or not, doesn't matter. Cause I think what you get from that, like the confidence that you build from that and the fact that you went up to that person um, and maybe you gave them a compliment, you added value to them, or maybe, you know, even if it didn't work out, like you learn how to um, like deal with rejection or how to better interact in the future. Like, all of that's a learning opportunity. And I operate from the belief that you can never fail if you learn. Like as long as you learn something, you can never fail. Like learning something is the ultimate gift that uh, every experience can give you. So yeah, just look at it. I look at everything as a gift. And I went through like tons of rejection when I was single. And I'm grateful for all of that because I imagine like the women that had rejected me and they didn't really reject me, but um, they helped me become who I am. Like mm-hmm. every experience and interaction I had made me better and made me more attractive. You know, sometimes it was rough and it forced me to like look at myself and make changes myself that I might've never have made if it wasn't for that woman that, that turned me down. Right. So uh, I'm, I'm grateful for all of that because I think it, it just makes you into more if you look at it that way. What were some of the changes that you, you felt like you had to do, you know, to, to attract the, you know, the girl of your dreams? Uh, a lot. <laughs> I had to change everything. <laughs> the worst advice that I ever got was just to be yourself. Okay? <laughs> because the problem was I was shy. I was depressed. I was even suicidal at times. I was alone. I it was negative and pessimistic. If I had continued to be myself, I would have continued to be alone. So I think that's always the worst advice. I believe that the better advice is to be your best self. So we all have the best version of ourselves, a side of us that's more confident, that's more 
charismatic, that's more intelligent, that's more sense of humor, uh, whatever it might be. We have a better version of ourselves that we can, we can awaken within us. You know, we got to work on ourselves and develop those, those qualities and traits. And some of the things for me, I mean, I had to, because uh, I was so shy, I mean, I had to do public speaking classes, acting classes, improv classes, voice classes to improve my voice and speaking, uh, you know, change every part of my personality because I just wasn't happy with who I was, that I had to mm-hmm. become attractive. I had to become, because there's certain qualities that are just universally attractive, right? Like if you're confident, if you've got a great sense of humor, if you're a leader, you know, I had to develop those qualities within myself, um, you know, just become more experienced, improve the way that I, I took care of my body and my health um, and how I, uh, I dressed and presented, presented myself to even improving my lifestyle and making my lifestyle more attractive. Um, you know, a, a lot of deep, deep work. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember like for me, when I was younger, like people wouldn't even recognize me because I changed so much. Like I would just change the way that I interacted and behaved so much that people are like, wow, you seem so different. Like your voice is different. Your eye contact is different. Your presence is different. And so all of those different elements, um, I think really served me to attract the woman that I'm now with. Mm-hmm. How did your eye contact change? Well, before I wouldn't give eye contact. I'd always be looking down or right. I'd always be the first one to look away, right? And so I learned over time, it's not necessarily I had to consciously change my eye contact because again, if you go back to like your beliefs, I think if you deal with like the root cause, like the root source of like your confidence and being comfortable with yourself, automatically a lot of these behaviors take care of itself. Mm. You know, you can like I remember when I first got into learning how to meet and attract women because it's a learnable skill and there's like I'm sure you know like coaches and communities and, and all this sort of stuff that teach men how to do this. Like a lot of them, they get into it and they want to know the techniques and they want to know like, what do I say? Or what's like the move that I should make with my body language or, you know, and they try to focus on the technique rather than actually where it comes from, right? If you, if you really get down the mindset, the confidence, the beliefs, you'll automatically have better eye contact. You'll automatically behave confidently and speak better and, and project yourself a lot more. So I look at like the deep inner game stuff to be uh, more important than the outer game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Bro, what would you, what would be your top three books that you read over the past year that you could recommend? Man. Um, so the books that I've read this last year has been a little bit interesting because I've been reading different books than I'd normally would like read years and years ago. Um, so like the books that really helped me a lot when I was younger was like a lot of the classics, like think and grow rich and, uh, like rich dad, poor dad and the millionaire fast lane and, uh, like awaken the giant within like those kind of books, because all of that stuff was very new to me and really like had a lot of breakthroughs with it over the last year. Um, some of the books that I've been really enjoying, one is a book called the hundred and it's a hundred of the most influential people throughout history. And it's a pretty thick book, but it goes into each uh, like a ranking of the 100 most influential people. And again, going back to the modeling, like I'm really just fascinated by human beings that defy the odds, that are like in the top 1% that have been able to achieve or, or, or leave a lasting legacy or just do like incredible things for history. So for me, that's a, a great book if you really want to have a good understanding and, and uh, like the hundred best most influential people throughout history. Um, another one that I've been reading is um, uh, it's called, it's called the 50 psychology classics. And it's basically a book that has a summary of 50 of the best psychology classics throughout history. So everything from Sigmund Freud to Alfred Adler to Ivan Pavlov to uh like just all the different psychologists throughout history and just like distilling some of the best things from them. So I've really enjoyed that book too. And another one is a book I'm reading right now, which is more entrepreneurial. It's called clockwork. It's about how to design your business to run itself. Um, And I think this is really valuable for entrepreneurs because a lot of entrepreneurs that get caught up in doing rather than actually deciding, delegating and designing. So you have has this 4d matrix that you want to, you want to do with your business, but 
the ultimate goal is learning how to leverage yourself and your business so they can run without you or you can focus on the aspects of it, of designing it and, uh, you know, focus on your strengths or the aspects that you enjoy about it. So it's all about like systems and whatnot for your business. Right. Right. Awesome. I like that. We're going to, we're going to work on, on wrapping up soon. Um, I'd like to ask you, what is the meaning of success to you? You know, for me, success, I kind of look at it as having everyone's definition of success is different, right? Like it's going to be different based on your standards and what your goals and vision is. So for some people it might be like to be a billionaire, others it's maybe a millionaire or some it's maybe just a six figure income or maybe it's being a great parent or whatever it is. But the way that I look at it is my goal has always been to have that life mastery to make sure that I have a level of success based on my standards, not anyone else's, but my standards for each area of my life. So for me, physically, with my body, there's a certain, I want to make sure that I, I grow and I have that to the best it can be. My mindset, my emotions, my career, my business, my relationships, my spiritual life, my fun, my family. But more than anything, it's just having that balance um, rather than just being that person that just has money but doesn't have a great relationship or someone that has money but doesn't take good care of their body. And I've met billionaires that when I met them, I was so disappointed. Like, because you know, everyone else would look up to those people and put them on a pedestal. But I'd see you know, some cases I'd meet billionaires that had billionaires, but they're out of shape, they're alone, they don't have a great relationship with their kids. And I'm like, you know what? How for me, that's not success. Like, for me, that's not admirable. You know, like, that's not my goal of what I want to accomplish. So for me, it's that life mastery and making sure you have that great balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, what would be your, your um, maybe an advice for a young entrepreneur right now that is working to get to their meaning of success and is maybe has unclarity of where they want to go what would be your main piece of advice to, to actually get there? I think one of the best ways is to get a mentor or role models. Um, you know, everyone that succeeded has had help. No one's done it alone. Um, and for me, the, the biggest, what's helped me the most I've found has been having mentors in my life and coaches that have already been there and achieved what I want or similar to that, that can guide me. Um, they can inspire me. They can coach me in cases where I run into obstacles and hurdles. But, I, you know, it could be a, a, like a one-on-one coach. It could even be a mastermind group, which I'm a part of as well, of like other like-minded entrepreneurs that you can go on this journey with. But I think the most important thing is leveraging other people's experience. You know, like a lot of entrepreneurs that heard about OPM, other people's money, was also OPE, other people's experience. And I never want to learn from my own experience. That's pretty painful. I'd much rather learn from other people's experiences. I want to learn as much as I can from their failures and their successes so that I can shorten my learning curve and get there a lot faster. So... I, I would look at that. How can I leverage other people's experiences? I'm a big fan. Like if you want to learn on Amazon, don't try to figure it out on your own. Okay. Because there's other people that have already figured it out and they've already gone through the years that, you know, you're going to have to go through. Um, they've already gone through that. They've already made the mistakes. They've already made the failures. They've learned from that. They found out what works, what doesn't work. And they've packaged it together in a course that you can buy and benefit from so that you can compress years and leverage their experience to get there a lot faster. So I think entrepreneurs, they have to work smarter, not just harder. You can't just like hustle. You have to actually think about the actions that you're taking and think right. about how you can get there faster rather than, hey, I'm just going to hustle. But, you know, I'm, I'm, you, know you, you can hustle all day long, but if you don't have a good strategy, if you don't know what you're doing, if you're not leveraging other people, it's just going to take you so much longer. You're going to be so exhausted by the time you get there. So I think, you know, working hard is important, but also working smart. And the best way to work smart is to leverage other people. Absolutely. Yeah. My last question, my man, if I have a piece of paper right now and I'm handing it to you and on that piece of paper, you have to write from everything that you've learned in your life so far, you have to write down, you know, what, what you feel is the most important that you can pass down to be a loved one, a future daughter, son, what would you write down on the piece of paper? if you had to leave on that day and hand it, what would be your words to success? Um, one thing that pops up for me is something I, I learned from Tony Robbins, which is that the, the quality of your life is the quality of your emotions. 
that it doesn't matter what you have on the outside. What matters is the inside that like, there's plenty of people out there that have all the money, that have a great physique, that even have a great relationship, but they're not happy and fulfilled inside. And the emotions that you experience on a daily basis is your life. Like if you're every day frustrated and stressed and angry, you have anxiety, that's your life. And if every day you're happy and you're smiling and you're grateful and you're cheerful, that's your life. And you can make the choice to experience one or the other right now, regardless of what your outside world looks like. Like, I don't care if you're broke, you got no job, you got no uh, man or woman in your life, you're overweight, whatever your circumstances are, you always have the choice of the meaning that you create from those events and the choice to enjoy today, enjoy every moment, what you're gonna focus on, whether you can always focus on the good or you can focus on the bad, it's both there. Like I could focus right now on a lot of shitty things in my life. I can also focus on a lot of great things in my life. I just choose to focus more on the great things and the shitty things. And that's what's going to determine how I feel on a consistent basis. So I think it's the realization that you don't need to wait to be happy. You don't have to have certain events that occur. You can be happy right now. And by deciding to, you're going to achieve success that much faster. Like I used to think that I had to, you know, uh, achieve in order to be happy, but now I happily achieve, right? Mm -hmm. I decided if I'm going to be happy first every day and enjoy it, I'm going to have more energy, more joy that I can put into my work, but I'm also going to have more motivation and I'm going to enjoy the process along the way. So I think that learning to understand that your mind, your emotions is the most important thing that's going to determine the quality of your life. It's not the car, the house, the relationship or anything else. It starts with your mindset and making certain choices about how you're going to really decide to live. hundred percent. My man, thank you so much for coming on board. I really appreciate you. I appreciate everything that you're doing. You're killing it. And thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it, bro. Thanks brother. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed my talk with Stefan James. If you guys want to learn more about Stefan, you can go to words to success.com under episodes and uh, you can check out all the links that we were talking about on the talk over there. The books, his website, his social media, everything's going to be on there. So go check that out. Also, after each episode, we're going to do small little clips that are going to be capturing the best, most inspiring and uh, powerful moments. So we're going to be posting all those on Instagram at words to success with the number two. So go check that out. Go give it a follow. And um, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Vamos. 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 Vamos.